BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. And welcome, everybody, to the Pod's Honest Truth with David Brody. Hope all is well. Boy, we've got a lot to talk about on the podcast today. Uh, I don't even really know where to begin. Why don't we start with this? Radicalism. Uh, that's right. We're going to talk about Joe Biden and the far left and the tap dance that Joe Biden needs to do coming up in 2020. I mean, it's it's going to be a radical move. We're going to get into all of that. And speaking of radical, I mean, this would be kind of like Mitt Romney uh, at a Make America Great Again rally. I mean, that's radical. Uh, Nancy Pelosi and Donald Trump going on a picnic together. That's radical. Uh, how about me going to an all-you-can-eat buffet and saying, no thanks, I'll just have water. That's radical. And that's the type of radicalism we're talking about today because we've got the far left. They're out of control. Let's be honest. No, no fact check there. They're out of control. Uh, and the Democrat Party has to figure out exactly what in the world they're going to do with the far lefts in their party. Because as we know, as we've seen with all of the George Floyd and defund the police and all of this, we have seen from Democrat leadership, including Biden and James Clyburn, excuse me, all of them, they've come out and said, look, we want to reform the police. We don't want to defund the police. Well, that's not what the far left is saying at all. Uh, and so how is that going to play out uh, politically, ideologically and electorally in 2020? And I think that's going to be the key, because, look, the far left in this country I don't even know where to begin. Late-term abortion, the Green New Deal, Medicare for All. And by the way, when we talk about Medicare for All, I know some of the polls show quite a bit of support for that. Yeah, well, it depends how you phrase the question. If you actually phrase the question about how, well, you know what, your taxes are going to go up, and oh, by the way, also you might have to wait a long time for that hip surgery, yeah, then the numbers plummet. Also on the far left, they want to decriminalize uh the, the borders, basically, immigration, they want open borders. And now we have defund the police. That's the, the latest entry, if you will, into the far left hit list. And the truth of the matter is, and this is where Democrats have to kind of figure it out, their party obviously is going far left. They're going very liberal. As a matter of fact, uh, there was a poll done from 1973 through 2018. They've looked at the polling trend. The percentage of Democrats who actually say they're liberal, it's grown. Used to be 25% back in 1973. It's now 51%. And the moderates have fallen in the party. They've gone from 48% back in the day to 31%. The problem for Joe Biden is, let's be honest, he's one of those guys. He's a pretty much a, I don't want to call him a moderate, but he's center left for sure. He's one of those 48%ers back in 1973 
and his part or his party has changed quite a bit. And now he's going to be the nominee of that party. So he's going to have to figure that out real quick. That tap dance. We'll get to more of that later in the podcast. Uh, I thought this was interesting. Gallup has come out or Gallup has a poll out showing that 54% of Democrats want their party to be more moderate. That's right. I didn't say 54% of Americans want the Democrat party to be more moderate. No, 50% of actual Democrats want their party to be more moderate. And then there was a Hill-Harris X poll showing that 48% of independent voters, 48% of independent voters believe the Democratic Party is swinging too far to the left. And the Quinnipiac University poll asked this question. Does the Democrat has the Democratic Party moved too far to the left? Nearly half, 47% say yes, the party has moved too far left. So the polling is clear. Moderates in the party think the party is gone, basically cuckoo for cocoa puffs, uh, and the the moderates are being phased out in the party. However, that doesn't mean that the moderates have left the party. They haven't. They just don't like necessarily the direction that it's going, and this all. Uh, portends in a negative way towards Biden in 2020, what does he do? And we'll get to more uh, in terms of his dilemma in a moment. I've got to tell you, some of these issues, for example, ICE, right? We know about the immigration and custom enforcement and this idea that the far left wants to abolish ICE and funding for ICE. Well, guess what? Uh, Polling showing 54% of Americans are against getting rid of ICE. As a matter of fact, even 34% of Democrats want to keep ICE. 34% of Democrats want to keep ICE. Now, on this defunding of the police, there is, we haven't had much polling. We have had one poll that's come out. It's a Yahoo News YouGov poll. Most Americans do not support reducing law enforcement budgets. In other words, there's about 65%, that's what the poll shows, 65%, close to two-thirds of people oppose cutting police force funding. Only 16% of Democrats support that idea. 16% of Democrats support that idea. So there is the the yin and the yang, if you will, between the two. All right. Uh, before I get to some of my final analysis on that later in the podcast, I want you to hear from a couple people. Today on the podcast, we have David Horowitz. He is the best-selling author of Blitz. It's called, the actual book is called Blitz, Trump Will Smash the Left and Win. Um, and so we're going to get to him now. Later on in the podcast, we're going to get to A.B. Stoddard over at the Hill. Good friend of mine. Uh, we've been on Brett Baer's special report uh, quite a few times. And so uh, she's always very uh, interesting uh, in terms of having her kind of her finger on the pulse, if you will, especially when it comes to the Democrats and Republicans and what's kind of the machinations of how all of this will play out politically. But let's get to David Horowitz. Once again, uh, mention his book. That's just out now. Look, he used to be a full-on radical liberal. All right, he was he was a former Marxist. If you don't know his story, uh, and he did the whole nine yards as it relates to um, you know all the liberal uh, education. Went to Columbia. That's where he got his BA. He majored in English, uh, and then he went to University of California in Berkeley to get his master's in English literature. By the way, his parents. Horowitz's parents were long-standing members of the American Communist Party. They were actually strong supporters of Joseph Stalin. So, look, this is David Horowitz and how he viewed the world growing up uh, all the way into his young adulthood. Uh, He had a change of heart. Uh, Long story on that, but he became conservative and he's basically been atoning 
for the last 30 years or so, been atoning in his life for his past, what he calls them past sins of being a full-on Marxist. Now he's radical in the other way. He is very outspoken. He's controversial as well. I want to play you some of uh, our conversation about um, some of these protests and Antifa uh, or Antifa. I should, I, I got to get that right. Um, and also specifically Joe Biden and the Democrats. So let's play some of that right now. From the beginning of their coup d'etat attempt against Trump, their malicious, lying, sabotage campaign. It's very clear that Trump is on the side of the security of Americans. The number one job of government is the safety of Americans. They want open borders through which cartels, uh, sex traffickers, uh, criminals, viruses, terrorists can penetrate easily. That's what the Democrat Party stands for now, open borders. Do you think that suburban independents uh, are going to have a real problem with this Democrat agenda, this defund the defund? Totally. The Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Biden's already got the problem. He can't come out for abolishing the police, although that's what his main, the main force in the Democrat Party wants these days. I mean, the active force, not the people who vote. Mm -hmm. Of course, there are sensible people who are hoodwinked by the Democrats into voting for them. And they want to be safe. And they want to be able to call 911 and get a cop there quickly. Mm -hmm. And when I, you know, I, I did gang stories in the uh, South Central Los Angeles for years. And the complaint that I always had from the black mothers, mm -hmm. uh, mainly, that I interviewed was there aren't enough cops and they're never here. Hey, let me ask you about uh, Antifa. Uh, and there's been a lot of. A lot of talk about, and you, you've you've known about them for for years and years. You've talked about it, written about it, all that. Here's my question: There has been discussion that they were there at the protests, as Trump says, but then the critics are pushing back, saying, "Show me the proof." I don't really see much. It was other. It was uh, white. I, I, I'm telling you, this is you know the I've deal. Dealt, I've dealt with with these lies. Uh, you, you know, uh, I started. I mean, one of the worst things that happened is that the universities are now uh, one-party states for the fascist left. Uh, there's no more intellectual dialogue between conservatives and so-called liberals anymore because of it. Um, and you saw the purge of conservatives from fa university faculty, and they're the ones who invented all this intersectionality nonsense. Um, to indict white people, to make white males the guilty party. Um, and you could see the dwindling numbers of conservatives. I mean, they were outnumbered 10 to 1. For years, while I wrote about that, I had these professors denying the reality. So denying that Antifa is a fascist organization and a violent one. Uh, you can do that until you, you know, the... The Antifa manual is on Amazon for 99 cents. You can read it. Very academically written, boring book. But the gist is this. Anybody who disagrees with the Antifa organization is either a white supremacist or a fascist and has to be shut down by any means necessary, including violence. We're going to take away their platforms. We're going to kill them if we have to. That's what Antifa is. There's no defense. The only defense you can make of it is if people don't read 
you know, what their demands are. How do we know America that? exists on stolen land? How do we how do we know they were at these rallies? I see the black block, but it, how, how do we know they were at these rallies? What's, what's well, the I mean, you have really heroic people like Andy Engel. I don't know how to pronounce his name. He's yeah. Vietnamese reporter that they beat up uh, for reporting the truth. Uh, but you, you can, uh, you know, I, I'm sure that uh, Attorney General Barr and the FBI will have plenty of, uh, of proof when this is over, when they're finished with their investigations. Yeah. They are, they, they're deliberately anonymous. Um, mm -hmm. because they understand. I mean, it's to protect themselves while they're committing mayhem. They're criminals. What are you why, is, why haven't they indicted George Soros, who funds this, this stuff? Why do they let people occupy streets? You know, we have laws in this country. You have to get a permit to have a march, to close down thoroughfares and bridges. You have to have a permit. Yeah. You know, but when you have seditious mayors and seditious governors, all Democrats, it's very hard to do. Interesting. You think? Every, every, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say. So, where 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 is this country going? Uh, what happens if Biden wins? I mean, he's supposed to be the centrist moderate, but he's not. He hasn't. He's a senile, corrupt fool. I mean, who can't see that? He can't put a sentence together. He'll say anything. He panders. He's like, uh, you know, there's somebody with the puppet strings behind him. What do you want this book? You've written so many books. You're a best-selling author. What are you hoping this book will accomplish, David? I need to educate people. Look, I'm a, a, a second thoughter. I, I was on the left. I've spent the second half of my life. My parents were card-carrying communists. I know how malevolent they are. I spent the second half of my life atoning for the first half, by trying to warn people about how dangerous and evil-minded the left is. Mm -hmm. They want to destroy this country. All right, that's David Horowitz here on The Pod's Honest Truth. When we come back on the podcast, we're gonna to talk to A.B. Stoddard with The Hill, breaking down Democrats, the far left, and Biden and the tap dance ahead in 2020, next on The Pod's Honest Truth. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. And welcome back, everybody, to the Pods Honest Truth with David Brody. Time now for our conversation with A.B. Stoddard. I've known A.B. for quite a long time. Uh, we used to appear on Brett Baer's special report together. Uh, she always has her finger on the pulse of American politics, especially as it relates to Republicans and Democrats and kind of the machinations that have been going on between the two parties. But I want to specifically concentrate with A.B. today on the Democrats. We've got the far left Democrats. They're out of control. We've got Joe Biden who's got to have to deal with that side of the party and the energy that they bring at the same time, kind of stay true to his roots, which are center left. And how does he do that tap dance? We talk about it with A.B. Stoddard. A.B. Stoddard, uh, thanks for joining me here. I really appreciate it. It's great to be with you, David. Listen, there's so many, so much to talk about, but let's just let's stick to this topic that I'm really delving into on the podcast this week, which is Joe Biden and the far left Democrats and how he maneuvers 
this tap dance. He's got a tap dance all the way to November on this. And the, the defund the police uh, aspect of all this seemed to be the first of many to come. Uh, how, how does he kind of maneuver? Because he needs their energy on the left, but at the same time, he doesn't want to alienate moderates and independents in the suburbs. You are right, David. It will be a balancing act uh, for for the former vice president in uh, a very unstable time where passions are running high and there is a far left element of the Democratic Party talking about things like defunding the police, which is legitimately crazy talk. And most of the majority of the country completely opposes. It's a great slogan for the Trump campaign to send out on their fundraising materials. But the truth is, uh, Joe Biden came out and shut that down right away in order for people to understand that he wasn't talking about defunding and he was only talking about welcoming some police reforms and changes that would enable the police in this country uh, that are in a position of high respect among our institutions to regain the social trust that they have lost in the last couple of years in some parts of the country, but in the last couple of weeks in most of the country, the polling has been astonishing about the use of excessive force. And so I found it very interesting that we saw reporting in the New York Times that on a phone call with congressional leaders and uh, leading Democrats about the House Democrats' package on police reforms, you saw that while Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, you know, piped up and talked about you know, really uh, talking to the passions of the protesters in the streets, that um, even though it was a private phone call, you know, it was reported that um, the assistant majority leader, Jim Clyburn, uh, one of the elders in the Democratic leadership, and of course, a leading African-American leader in this country who helped Joe Biden turn his campaign around and win the primary, yeah. uh, expressed his frustration that people are trying to uh, label this a defund effort when all they're trying to do is look for changes to make sure that black people are treated like white people by the police. So uh, there's a lot of pushback from the middle. And I think they feel after Joe Biden cleaned up in the nominating process that they have the upper hand in the party. And that while the progressive left is loud, that they have the numbers. And that's why Joe Biden's the nominee and not one of the wokesters that they um, were battling against early on. You know, we all thought a year ago it was definitely a far left party and a progressive would win. But in the end, uh, Joe Biden won uh, with a very strong showing. And what that means is the party uh, really is uni more united than they are divided. And that is in their effort to beat Donald Trump more than they are in promising revolutionary change that the progressives would want. So to that end, then, A.B., are, are you suggesting that, that indeed Biden's got a little bit more leeway here because the far left, as much as they want all of their defund the police and Green New Deal and open borders and Medicare for all of that, you're, you're saying that Biden can kind of keep them at bay a little bit, has got more slack because there's such a distaste and a disfavor. They want to get rid of Trump so badly that he thinks that they'll vote, they'll still have that same energy regardless, even if he's not on board with a lot of those policies? So I think that what he is going to do is he is likely to pick a black woman to be yeah. his vice presidential running mate. And that will be a nod to the passion in the party about uh, diversity and representation and a voice at the highest seat of power who understands the pain that these demonstrators are talking about. 
because of what's just happened since the death of George Floyd, right? So he said he was going to pick a woman. Then it was, would he pick a Midwestern white woman, Gretchen Whitmer or Amy Klobuchar, right? And then now it's likely that he's going to pick a black woman. Um, and that is part of uh, pressure from the party as a result of this event, this seismic event. But you're right, David, he has a little more leverage because he's winning over seniors that voted for Donald Trump. Not all of them, but he has really picked up support from um, some Trump defectors uh, and independents and people um, that uh, are not young black Democratic voters who don't vote in great numbers, by the way, mm -hmm. who are likely to fill out his coalition uh, and he doesn't have to bend over as far as maybe progressives would have hoped he would have in March. The president is really losing support, um, again, not in devastating numbers, but in an election that could be close where everything's decided on the margin. Certainly 2016 was decided by 77,000 votes in three states. Mm -hmm. The president can't afford to lose Republicans, seniors, white non-college women, Catholics, evangelicals, even in small numbers, as you add up those small numbers, they become big numbers. And so, what the Democrats are seeing in the polling is that uh, Biden is appealing to a broad range of people, independents, Democrats, Republicans, uh, people of all uh, ethnic groups, ages, um, and with different priorities. And so I think he is going to likely pick a black woman and talk a lot to the progressive agenda. But he's not going to be for Medicare for all. He's not going to support a Green New Deal. He's not going to defund the police. Uh, he's not going to he's not going to back revolutionary change. Joe Biden said that emphatically throughout the primary campaign, and he's certainly not going to change that message now. Couple last questions, A.B. You mentioned uh, African-American woman as VP most likely. It uh, makes me think of Kamala Harris. It makes me think of Stacey Abrams. Uh, there's more, uh, but, but those two. Uh, can you talk to me a little bit about, you know, one way or the other, Kamala Harris seems a little bit more of that kind of the establishment moderate, not moderate, but establishment pick, and Stacey Abrams would send a very strong message to the far left of the party. I think that there is a constituency that is very excited about Stacey Abrams, and they've made their pitch to the Biden campaign and the leaders of the Democratic Party. I would be surprised if she was chosen, however. I don't think she's going to get chosen. Uh, Kamala Harris is certainly up there, as you said, an establishment figure because she was the attorney general of California, so she has vast experience. Um, she has been through a presidential campaign. There's probably no surprises uh, in terms of vetting, that kind of thing. She's been a senator. Um, and, so, and, and so you can imagine that she would fit the bill, which uh, a Vice President uh, Biden uh, holds you know, high as a priority, which is can they step in right away to be president? I think there is a little concern after pandemic that Stacey Abrams um, as a state legislator, state legislator only maybe w would not be ready for, for this mm -hmm. um, and that that would hinder his ticket appeal. Uh, he, he's very focused on, on readiness. Um, I do think that uh, they are looking at new figures now beyond Kamala Harris. Val Demings, the congresswoman uh, who was the chief of police of Orlando, uh, a huge job who yeah. so so profoundly understands these issues about policing, about the black community feeling that they are treated beneath the law by officers uh, and um, that, that, that this is a, you know, that change has to come. She would be sort of this wonderful voice right in the middle, right, of these two coalitions. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have um, 
Keisha Lance Bottoms, the mayor of Atlanta, uh, who has come out and really condemned um, the, the, the violence. Everyone saw her, her uh, passionate, um, impromptu speech about 10 days ago uh, against, I mean, we're all obviously anti-arson and anti-looting and anti-rioting, but she said, this is not Atlanta and you all need to go home. Yeah. And it was really um, a moment of leadership that put her on the national stage. And so she is a name that a lot of people are pushing for. So I think we could be surprised uh, still, but I think that, you know, you look at, um, you look at that kind of a bulk of resume and public service and experience um, under fire is probably what he's looking for. Let me ask you one last question before, before we uh, wrap it up. Um, how does Joe Biden blow this thing? And, and what I mean by that is we, we obviously don't know how this election is going to turn out. No one has any clue. Uh, but you would think it's teeing up pretty well for Biden. So how, how does he blow it? Because I think there are three op opponents that he's facing. He's facing Donald Trump. He's facing, to a degree, the far left of his party. And he's facing himself, uh, you know, the, the gaffe machine. Uh, the, I don't know if it's a basement strategy, so to speak, by this Biden campaign, but, you know, it's slow as she goes or he goes. And I'm just wondering what he does to blow this at this point, because it's teeing up pretty nicely for him. Well, you're right. I mean, the, there's a lot about Biden that in our, in our old, under our old metrics, David, would be disqualifying, but are not anymore because Donald Trump is tweeting about someone, uh, Joe Scarborough, being a murderer and uh, accusing, you know, a 75-year-old man bleeding from his ear in the streets, pushed down by police, of being an anti you know, Antifa agitator uh, and buying into conspiracy theories. So it's really hard for Biden to outdo Trump these days. Trump is getting in his own way really successfully. Um, but Biden certainly is old. He, you know, he makes word salads. Um, he, uh, he does have a very far left element to deal with your right. The economy could boomerang back. A vaccine could appear by late, you know, um, uh, Labor Day and lots of things could go Trump's way. It, it's not, the election's not tomorrow. But if it were tomorrow, what you're seeing is that people think the country's out of control and that Joe Biden has been in the, in an, in an administration for eight years and can walk in and bring stability on day one with a team of people who know exactly how to run the government. And enough of the, uh, of the voting public has decided that breaking everything down, rejecting mastery, expertise, pandemic preparation, science, all this is not the way to go after a year of crises. So that's why you see the stability for Joe Biden, regardless of the fact that people don't feel passionate or enthusiastic about Joe Biden himself. Yeah, I was going to say, normally uh, a candidate runs away from all of their electoral experience or, the, or their government experience. You know, I've been, in, I've been in government since the Civil War, since Reconstruction. I've been <laughs> here forever. But in this case, it actually plays well with the pandemic uh, for Joe Biden to say, hey, I'm the voice of reason. I know the levers of government here. Yeah, and I think that, um, that people just trust that, uh, that the ship has to be righted and, and, and that, that Joe Biden is likely to serve one term. They could have a choice again in 2024, but that's the, the, the sentiment right now. Seniors were very offended by the response of this administration, the pandemic, felt their lives were endangered. It wasn't being taken seriously. It wasn't acknowledged until too late. Uh, and, and that kind of thing, that kind of experience with governance and respect for preparation and uh, robust uh, government um, is, is more in fashion, David, than we've seen it in a long time. 
Amy Stoddard, thanks so much for doing this. I appreciate it. Uh, stay safe and uh, healthy and, and happy too. You as well, David. Thank you. Great to connect with you. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. All right, that's A.B. Stoddard here on the Pod's Honest Truth. All right, some final comments. And before we get to these final comments, I think it's important that we set the mood. So can we have a little, oh, I don't know, horror music? That's right, horror, as in scary, as in downright scary for Joe Biden. So please cue the music, and here we go. These are scary times in America, folks. The coronavirus, riots in the street, racial tensions, the political divide in our country, all that. But let me close with another scary situation, more specifically, a potential horror show that awaits Joe Biden. He has three opponents in 2020, Donald Trump, far left Democrats, and himself. Now, as for Trump, we know what he's going to do. You know, we know what he's going to do to Joe Biden. It's either going to be creepy Joe or sleepy Joe, depending on how Trump wants to play it based on the topic of the day. But the bottom line is this. Trump versus Biden in a debate setting could get real ugly for Biden real fast. He's just not the same Biden he was 10 years ago, let alone five years ago, let alone two years ago. He's lost a step. And that's a scary proposition, folks. Then there are the far-left Democrats. We've been talking about them today. Joe Biden needs them and their energy in 2020 to beat Trump. He needs an all-hands-on-deck approach. He cannot afford to tick them off too much. Yes, they want to defeat Trump. Got that. But Biden needs to be careful. He cannot alienate them fully or he's going to lose some of their support. And that will be a political death knell. And by the way, while we're at it, let's be honest. Biden is more of a center-left Democrat, right? And he's having to reinvent himself to appease the far left. Now, if he reinvents himself too much, he's going to lose key moderates in the party, and that will be the end for him as well. So, he has a horrifying tap dance he's going to need to perform. And finally, Joe Biden himself, another opponent, a big one. We know he's lost a step or two, and I just want to be honest, he doesn't seem with it fully I mean, you just have to look. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure it out. Then, of course, there are the gaffes. He calls himself a human gaff machine. And uh, guess what, Washington Post? No need to fact check that. Uh, that that's not a four Pinocchio. That's zero Pinocchios on the gaff machine. Uh, and he's been a gaff machine for decades. And now that he's even slower and a bit out of it, well, folks, look, disaster could truly fly ahead. The bottom line, Trump might not so much win this election as much as Joe Biden may just lose it. And that's the Pod's Honest Truth. Until next time, America.